0: Live. Well, I'd like to welcome you to another night of Rednecks Pride Game Calls. Or I'm sorry, blew it again. See, Jim, you got me all befuddled tonight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> tonight,
0: we like to welcome you to another night of Rednecks Pride Outdoors where we talk about hunting, tracking, and fishing and God's creation here in the Northeast. Uh, the guys who's already been on the show, the guests that's listening, they already know what's been going on, uh, we had a little bit of a befuddle, but... <laughs> We're going to get her straight. <laughs> We're going to get her down oh, here, so Jay oh, yeah. yeah, I was a uh, uh, my guest tonight, Jim Comstock. He's from upstate New York, and I I figured that you was getting hammered with the snow and you lost your phone lines and, and and all that stuff. So I'm glad to see that you didn't. Um, got much snow up there,
1: Jim? Not a bit. Nothing. No? nothing Nothing new. It hasn't even started. Oh wow! What I'm hoping the whole thing misses us. Well, it's missing us pretty
0: good. We were supposed to get 10 to 14. We've only got about two on the ground, and I'm hoping that's where it stays. Uh, I know I was looking at your map, and you're supposed to get hammered with the uh, two foot, aren't you?
1: Uh, well, they're talking 8 to 14, Then just east and south they're talking 2 to 3 feet. But I'm hoping that, it, um, that they misjudged it. I mean, it could just come late, too. We might just get it after all. It might just come a few hours later
0: yeah it probably will it probably will um well those for you know it, I have Jim Comstock from comstock traps uh he's uh, he builds uh cage traps uh he's got a unique way of doing things and and over the last two weeks, Jim and I have been talking a lot and and the 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 stuff that we've been talking i don't know if we're going to get into it tonight or not if we do it'd probably be till about three or four o'clock in the morning um <laughs> <laughs> with with all the stuff that we talk about. But but we wanna start off tonight with uh Jim, I wanna let's start off with the the, the normal um, topic that we was gonna start off with and that's baitless uh cage trapping. Now, you know, we we was joking around about this, me being a, a bait maker and a lure maker and and, you know, using cages with baits and all that and everybody thinks that's all I do and uh the, some of the discussions that we've had playfully over on trapper man let's uh let's talk about the uh, the the this this mindset um, what got you into that um mindset of baitless cage
1: traps i guess it evolved from uh fur trapping over decades and um well of course when you first start out trapping, actually we started trapping beaver, you know, back in the 60s, and we used, you know, we used we went out in, in the midwinter and put poplar on coni and caught them with baits, and then, you know, later on you start to use them in, in runs and stuff, all your coni and then we were in Virginia a bunch of years, and we used um, footholds and baits, and then gradually it sort of morphed into, well, I've got trails here, so... I've got sandbars that animals are crossing, and I still use the foot traps. And then I thought, why not use conibears? bears? And I'm listening to some of the local people in Virginia at the time when actually the conibears bears were just kind of coming into their own. And they were actually, and probably a lot of people forgot, they were 210 conibears. bears. They were one lungers. They only had one spring on them. And it, it was quite a while before they actually made a 220 but um, we used them and, and started using them in trails, you know, on the high banks and, and in the creeks. And and then it, from there, uh, I went to South Alabama for a few years and started uh, looking at the bobcats. And I was down there with old T.C. Dawson. And what happened was, uh, you know, he would stick a, a chunk of meat between a fork tree and put a, long spring trap on each side, and he caught a lot of bobcats. He used cage traps, too. But I'm looking, and I'm thinking, man, there's trails up and down. There's water bars off of the roads and all these little game trails and everything. There's bobcat tracks on every one of them, and they're obviously traveling them every day, and I thought, well, why not just put a few traps on these trails, see what happens? So uh, I started out, I think I had about 20 sets in, and I put them in the first day, and uh After the first two days i hadn't caught any cats, and I was thinking, hmm, they should be coming and then the third day, I had three in blind sets which and and that then the light came on and The next year, um, we went to California, Judy and I did, and we started trapping cats out there, and I had no idea what I was doing in that different terrain. Um, we started putting out dirt hole sets and uh like you do back east and we caught cats but I told Judy right then I said with all the sign that we're seeing and what we're catching if we knew what we were doing we'd be catching a whole lot more because there was just cat sign everywhere and there was a a couple of uh, local trappers that were actually running trap lines at night they'd set them on the weekend and run them after work which was an awful lot of work more than I'd want to do but they'd run them from 5 in the afternoon to 10 at night and they were running bait sets and but when we were talking, I thought, boy, I said, I'm, I don't really have a handle on what's going on here. And um, he just looked at me, you know, and he just, very matter of fact, in a, in a one-line sentence, just said, well, he says, I guess all, all you can do is set high and low, right? And I'm thinking, oh, what an idiot I felt like. Because, I mean, we had sets scattered all over the place. And I had one trap, the one I told this story a million times, but I had one trap that sat there on this ridge and the cats were messing around with the bait and hooking it and stepping around. And, and I just never got one to put his foot on the pan. And so that had gone about a week. And after, after I talked to Fred and he made that statement, I thought, I I have a tendency to forget everything like usual. And, uh, I thought, well, heck, I already caught, you know, a pile of them in trails in Alabama. and, and so I moved the set. I remember I moved the trap five inches, put a little block in around it. I had three cats and four nights. And we went right back to the area. We just caught 12 cats and caught 12 cats more without moving anything but a few inches, just changing the sets around. And after that, um, I just became heavily involved in blind sets. And then when we got into, uh, you know, beaver trapping back east here in ADC, it morphed into, you know, somebody walk up to you and say, Hey, you're doing some beaver. Can you catch a skunk? And I'm like, I, I guess so. I said, I really, I, I haven't really tried, but I said, Yeah, we could probably catch it. And then we caught woodchucks and squirrels. And I did that with baits and lures, too. And, you know, I'm a successful and I didn't have problems with it. But I thought every once in a while there's an animal that's um, having a, a problem, won't come into a set. And all I'd have to do. Would be uh, uh, set where they're go- where they're moving, where they're coming in and out of. So then I gradually went into uh, started using double door traps, and uh, the rest is history, as they say.
0: Yeah. So, so you actually, in, in other words, what we was talking about yesterday, and and, and actually last week, I guess was um, the the, the conibear was the, the the brainchild for you because you you realized that anywhere you can put a conibear. You could put a gauge trap and and uh, do the same same route, correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's it's um, uh, especially when you're using uh, trapping animals that are generally not that wary. You know the the squirrels, the woodchucks, and the skunks. Um, you know it isn't like uh, maybe trapping otter or bobcats or fisher or something like that. But um, you know when you set something in a the trail, they're not they're used to seeing all sorts of hardware and junk and smelling people and everything else. So it's just one more piece of junk in the way, and they just go right through the cage traps. But uh, that's why I like the double door, for that reason, that uh, you catch them coming or going.
0: All right, well, let's let's work off of that then, because I know we've got a lot of folks listening here. And and, uh, what what is – you you go up to a – We'll we'll do the fur trade first. Let's do it. Let's do the ADC a uh, yard job. No, let's do let's hold the yard job off.
1: Let's do
0: the uh, fur. Let's do the fur. You, I told you you got me all befuddled tonight. <laughs> um, let's let's do the uh, the the fur trapping end of it first. You're going to, you're going to take one of your uh, double doors, and you're going to go and you want to go out and catch some uh, just coon. We both love trapping coon, so we're talking about catching coon. What is it that you're looking for? to to set that that trap there and not use bait but still catch that coon
1: well it's it's like uh you know in the cornfields in the fall and stuff and the coon are coming in and out of them and they've got trails all over the place and also um on the banks I, i've got to say uh, my neighbor over here um does actually a lot of fisher trap and and he's a a coon trail setter and in the coon trail sets, you'll catch everything he's even caught otter and mink and fisher and everything else in them but um you know you're you're going around the edge of the fields and you're looking a lot of times you'll see you know uh, trails coming down off a bank that are uh, you know very active our the only trouble is around here see we've had the rabies and it's knocked our coon out about 15 years ago and they really have never rebounded and it, it kind of knocked the wind out of my sails because you, you acquire this knowledge, and and I would love to go out and and basically trail set with cages now. Especially, I know in New Jersey, of course, uh, you can't set the uh, con of bears on land. And basically, in New York, if you're going to, you can only you can go down to a 160, which isn't a bad trap even for cool, and they catch a lot of them in those. But I'm thinking, well, why narrow yourself up with a little six by six? When you can set like a 10 by 10 double door cage in a trail, rake up the bottom, drop the cage in, work it into the grass a little bit. You know, you probably, if you just find a snug spot where it's already tight, you wouldn't have to do anything. The Coon's just going to plow right through it.
0: Essentially, you're doing the same thing as we are here in Jersey with the snare or, or you would up in the... Uh, with a 160, or where you can use your 220s, or what have you, uh, is what you're saying. You're looking for those those pinch points. You're looking for those places that the coon are are, are running. Correct?
1: Yeah, that's all. Just looking for trails.
0: Now, what are you going to? Now, what would you do? Would you do you uh, do you like to uh, take them and, and and set multiple traps at these spots, or, or are you going to just um, how how what what's going to what's going to be your mindset for for the coon? You got to. Uh, a deep creek. It's three three feet on the banks, and and you know high steep bank up there, top there. What do you with a good sandbar at the bottom? And we talked on this, so I'm hoping you 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 pick up on it. Um, what what are you what are you actually looking at doing with your cage? You're going to set a couple tra- cages. You're going to set one. What are you going to do?
1: Well, I I think a lot of the dictate has to do with overall coon populations in your area, and you know there's places where guys are going out with two twenties and. You know, catching 50, 70 coon in a night. You know, with, uh, you know, on opening nights, um, in in trails and, and also, of course, lured and bait sets too, where the coon populations are high. In our area here, it probably wouldn't make sense to put out four or five sets because you're going to be lucky if you're going to catch catch a coon even at a set. Maybe only one or two. So, um, uh, but you know, you'd like to cover the high bank. You know, you see where they're, uh, you know, walking along a trail on the high banks, and you'll see those trailer game trails. Everything's traveling them, foxes, deer, rabbits, everything. And um, I did it, you know, I did it in Virginia with uh, when I first started setting the blind sets with conor bears with the 220s. And, um, you know, look for culverts. I mean, culverts are great, too. But um, the, um, uh, I don't know if you, uh, I lost my train of thought here. But um, I just, I'd just i set high bank and then down on the creek, you know, right along the edge of, of the steep bank, if you can find where they're coming out of the water, along sandbars and stuff. And a real simple thing that I found was walk around, look for tracks, follow them a little bit, find a pinch point, and they're coming back. Now, they're not maybe going to travel that particular path every single time, but they're going to travel it again, and depending – on how big an area they cover, they may be back in a night or two or three or four or five, but they're going to come back and probably put their feet almost in the same spot. As we found that with bobcats in California especially, there there was so much feed available that they traveled, I don't think they traveled 200 yards. They watched to set the traps probably.
0: Yeah, I, I think I covered that in my show a couple weeks ago where we was talking about snaring coons and, and um yeah, it's similar to the same things you're saying. You could, if they're going to come in, and
1: just, you could you know, definitely double up there. and put in you know a couple sets on a high bank and a couple sets on a creek if you're in a place you know where there's where there's dozens of coons. I mean, um, I remember talking to Johnny Magel of Western New York. He was he was one hell of a trapper. He caught everything. He went south and he trapped uh, Georgia and then he uh, trapped you know New York State Montezuma for rats and everything else, and he caught hundreds of coon. And I know he, he. I asked him one day about how many coon he caught on one place. He caught like 45 coon, and and actually we experienced that same thing in Alabama. We had one one farm where we caught 45 coon, and and it's not that unusual where the high high density of, of coon exists. And then yeah, putting in more sets that's fine. But right. say around here our our coon population's so low. I mean if you caught 30, 40, 50 in a year. I suppose you know that's. You're doing well now, and a lot of guys will catch that in one night in a good place.
0: Well, back back in, the, just to give you a little insight, back in, the I guess it was 1991, uh, rabies hit us, and, and it was ni- in 1992, I guess it was, 1992, and I'll, and I'll just say these numbers, I, I handled 1,000 raccoons that year. That's all year. That wasn't in trapping season. That was all year. Right. Um, when the rabies hit, it knocked us out ninety, probably 90%. And, oh yeah. Uh, it, took us, it, it took us about 18 years to rebound. Now the, the population is uh, exploding to where we're we're getting close to those those high number of coons that we I'm want curious, to I'm curious, what so, happened
1: to the rabies? Is it gone?
0: No, it still it still picks up, but um, it's it's few and far between. Uh, distemper and, and rabies will will hit us pretty good um, in in pockets and. Um, that's where you know the trapper comes in even when the fur market's down as you know i was just having a talk with a, a couple of biologists the other day i said you know we the 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 cost of coon is down so nobody wants to catch them but what well, we need to keep that population as low as we possibly can now mm-hmm. uh, ironically uh, our quality of coon in jersey has has increased threefold where we used to have those uh, uh i I, call, I hate to say it, i yellow coons, you know, the bad, those swamp coons. Now we're getting good blacks, you know, good silver tips, um, good quality coon because uh, that's what... have been
1: replaced like, then uh, by
0: some better coon. You've got better coon, and, and we want to try to keep those coon populations at a, at a good level to where we can catch plenty of raccoon, but it's the qualities there. So mm. your coon to bounce back because you got some good habitat. I mean, you live, you, you live up there where we did the show last year, and that's where we do it again this year, correct? Not too far from
1: that, that area? Yeah, I, I I years. hope they rebound. I mean, I I do see a little more sign; they are coming back. But it's it's been fifteen twenty years now. since Yeah, uh, it,
0: they'll be, they, they should bound. I mean, you've got some good habitat there. But you know, getting back to getting on a rabbit trail, uh, getting back onto this, let's let's talk about that sandbar because you and I was talking about that uh, yesterday with the sandbar, and it was intriguing. Um, you got a sandbar, I believe you. And for the new guys who who, who do not know, Jim Comstock has trapped a lot of ground. He's he's trapped with some veterans. Uh, I, maybe I shouldn't say any of some of the names, but Johnny Thorpe and some of them other boys that, that Jim's already trapped with. And uh, you was talking about uh, sandbars and what made you think about putting your blind set in with the uh, on the on the sandbar. Why don't you tell that that uh, that that thought there?
1: Well, what, what it is is that, you know, any of the streams are old, meandering streams, so they just they wind like a snake. So basically you've got uh, a deep-cut bank on the outside, and then you've got deposition of a sandbar on the inside. And what this is another thing that's kind of universally applicable to uh, trail setting for anything, is that animals basically follow and do the same things people do. And when you're walking down a trail, if you cut a corner, the animal's going to cut that corner. They're looking to go the, the straightest route. They're just going from A to B. And um, with the sandbars, they, they walk across the sandbar. I mean, the sandbar might be 20 feet, might be 50 or 100, depending. And then they're going right off of the corner of the sandbar where it comes to a, like a little bit of a point just before the high bank starts and it starts to turn the other way and um, they'll swim across the creek, and they'll pick up the sandbar on the other side, and they just hopscotch across, and I would just take, um, you know, little number ones, ones and a half, and set them right on the corners with a couple of stepping sticks, and uh, you'd bang them.
0: Okay, now let's equate that to the cage. What would you do for a cage in that scenario?
1: Well, you probably could do the same thing. Um, I haven't been, you know, fur trapping the same. I haven't done that much, you know, just key in on fur trapping per se, but I see no reason that, um, especially in culverts. I mean, uh, you set a cage trap, and especially the wire trigger cage, you know, you got a pan, maybe, you know, high water comes up a little bit. If you got a trap set in there, it could be a problem. But with um, the cage, you can, you know, have the wires up three or four inches off the bottom, and water can be going through it and just drop a cage, you know, right in the bottom of a culvert. And I thought, wow. And especially if you've got dry culverts. If you can find good dry culverts, um, you know, catch everything. We've got mm. uh, it was one, one fellow in Colorado that sent us pictures using uh, actually the, our, our uh, beaver cage. The beaver cage is 12 by 18 when it lays, uh, you know, flat in a run, like a 660. But if you turn it on end, it becomes instead of 12 by 18, it's 18 by 12. Now it's 18 high, which is fine for a cat. And he had a dry culvert there that he set and catches cats, uh, bobcats in it every year.
0: Now, now, what happens to these trigger systems? You know what? Let's, let's, let's stop right here and let's, let's go right into the design of your trap because that's, that's something because I want to lead into that in a few minutes here. So for those uh, that do not know the the design of your trap, why don't you explain it to you, your your, your typical trap and how it fires and, and, and what it is?
1: Well, what it was um, patterned after, of course, was a conibear with a wire trigger. And, and initially I built them with conibear triggers in there, and they worked okay. But I noticed, um, though I didn't have any other ideas at the time, they weren't that stable. Um, there was always problems with stability and length of triggers. There was all, all sorts of different things. And um, and then just the way things worked out, uh, I realized that uh, power doors were essential. And um, uh, the wire-trigger combination, the power doors actually lend the stability to the trap. So you can literally, if you're trapping beaver, you can just throw the cages in. I, I had to do it a few times because I had runs that were deeper and farther out than I could reach. Because I, I don't, I don't wear chest waders most of the time, just hip boots. And there's good deep runs that I couldn't reach. And I thought, well, I'm just going to toss it and see what happens. Well, the water comes straight up through the trigger points to the top anyway. When you set it upside down, thing drops right through. Never fires ever, except for when a muskrat or beaver goes through it. But um, the uh, uh, the power. Means the trap can be set in any position, any angle, and the wire triggers are uh, similar to the conibear because it's you know it's a it's a it's a wire trigger. But like with the beaver trap, I'm able to put in uh, with a, a swing bar we call it. I'm able to put in three sets of trip wires on an 18 inch trigger, so there's a lot of room for um, or no room for the animal to avoid. You've got three sets of trigger. You've got six wires coming up instead of, like, a conibear with a pair. And even on our smaller traps, I've put uh, two sets to cover the pathway. It makes it pretty hard for an animal to get through. We've been using them now for, well, I guess, the better part, going on five years. Started out with, um, the you know, raccoon, woodchuck, skunk, size 9x11s, and then we went to... Um, the 12 by 18 beaver trap, and that was was funny how it came out. I had a guy calling me from Massachusetts, and how much for your beaver trap? And I thought, I want to build one, but I don't have one yet. And I thought, okay, I'll just I'll throw something together quick, and then when when it all shakes out, I'll spend some real time and engineer a beauty. So I just used the doors off of the 9 by 11s and put them side by side to make a 12 by 18. Never looked back. That was one of those things that it was a it was a pleasant surprise. It just worked perfect. There was a few little bugs that I had to iron out as far as clipping them and stuff like that. But as the overall function and whatever, we just started banging them. I mean, with with the beaver traps, I've caught 517 in them now in four and a half years. So um, it, it's proven Boy. itself. Well, now with the triggers,
0: I mean, obviously underwater for muskrat or beaver, those triggers aren't going to be a, a, a problem. Right. Do, you, do you see, is there any difference in configuration, or do you, do you do, what do you do differently with your triggers if you do on your coon, your squirrel, your, your other um, traps that you make?
1: I really haven't done a whole lot other than center them up in the trap. And the first traps that we made had triggers that came from the top. And um, the beaver trap, of course, it's it's made, and you look at it, and the triggers are on the top, and the doors are on the top. And when I went to set it the first time, you know, just because you invent something doesn't mean that you know how to use it. So you're out there and trying to figure out what's what's best, and, you know, you come to Beaver Dam or where there's feed piles or stuff, and you got all this brush that's potentially uh, door jamming, and so... I thought, well, how am I going to get this trap in there so it's not a problem? And by setting it right side up and dropping it in, you realized it could catch on, you know, all sorts of junk, a lot of stuff you might not even see. So I turned the thing upside down, and I thought, well, those doors are going to come up from the bottom just as well because the doors are powered so fast. And now they're right into the triggers because the triggers, uh, you know, emanate from the bottom. And then with the 9x11s, the, the trap uh, triggers, of course, were first from the top, like a conibear or whatever, I moved them to the side to um, uh, just have it as if you set the conibear sideways. It's no different. They'll still run into it. And um, it was a little simpler to make the trap. We eliminated some of the parts. With with any kind of device at all, I think um, what people need to understand is um, – um, that uh what was i going to say i just got distracted
0: device people understand yeah
1: uh, oh simplicity uh if you look at any device that's out there and um um and you see it that's got you know all sorts of bells and whistles and catches and hooks and springs and whatever um that's the mark of a device that is not where it could be because if if You know, you want to simplify it. If you could build a trap that only had one part, you'd be farther ahead than having one that has 100 parts. There's more things to go wrong and just work on and and just problematic. So um, I look at it as a geometry theorem. You start out and you do it in 17 steps the first time, and they hand it back to you, and then you get it down to four steps, and they said yes, that's it. And that's what you want to do with traps, too. The, the, The fewer the parts, the better. Okay. Uh,
0: just for a keynote, guys, it's, that's on the phone. There's quite a few guys on the phone here. If you've got a question, just, just break in here and ask Jim the question or ask me the question. Those of you who are on the uh, listening, if you look at the bottom there, you'll see that little box. Uh, you can type a question right in there, hit that little green arrow with the white arrow on it, and that will send a question to me, and I can ask Jim when, uh, when, you know, when we get a hold of it. Um, now you know, Jim, on the on the cages. And again, we was, we was talking about this. One of the biggest apprehensions I had with, and I'll be honest, with you, when I was look, you know, I did your show, did the show with you a few years ago, last year, whatever. Uh, and I was looking at your trap, all those wires sticking out there, and I'm thinking to myself, man, that's just a, that's just a heaven for a haven for a coon, to just tear apart, um, you know, bend it and all that. Now I've got your 12 by 12. Uh, you you, I bought the beaver trap, but I tell you what, it's a nice little coon trap. Nice
1: right. That's what uh, it, was, it was designed <laughs> as. as you know, it's either a coon or a beaver trap.
0: Right, right, and it's, and it's a good, it's a good uh, trap. And like I told you, the only problem I had with that trap was the stinking springs on that door. If you get your hand stuck in it, it's stuck in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You 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 talked to me the other day about a, a gentleman giving you an idea on how to keep them wires from getting all bent up. Why don't you why don't you tell the the folks about that?
1: yeah it's um it was a real interesting thing um you know when you first start out with anything it's an evolutionary process you know you're you're not you're not there day one i mean you've got a device that will work but it's it's basically only as good as the person who operates it and and even you know just because I invent it doesn't mean I know everything or as about it and and i I love to get input from everybody because uh, there's so many people that will have what one person might consider an unorthodox way of setting a trap, and it might be the way to do it. And well, I say the upside-down way with the beaver traps, that that was definitely mine, and it's proved to be excellent. Well, uh, um, Tim in Ohio, has, he saw our traps when they were prototypes, and he, he was jumping up and down all excited about getting some, and now he's probably got 70 or 80 of them. And every every time I mention a new trap or a new twist to it, he just says, "Send me a couple." And um, well, what what we built was um, um, I say the first traps had triggers that came from the top, and then they came from the side, and it makes no difference whether you set the trap right side up, upside down, sideways, vertically, any way you want to put it. So for some reason, I f- I forget exactly what, but. He decided that he would set the trap with the doors closing from the side, of course, which works fine, and put the trigger at the bottom. And then you think about it, and it's like, well, wait a minute. The beaver trap, that's where the triggers come from. If an animal is going to enter a trap with wire triggers, if it comes from the top, he could try to slip under it. If it comes from the the side, he could try to slip around it. But if they're coming up from the bottom... There's, he's kind of stuck. He's got trigger wires that are right there in his face, and he's he's got to kind of plow through them. And there's almost no way for him to to get through that, um, you know, uh, series of four wires without popping them. And what Tim found out was um, he sets all sorts of traps. We make some. I've even made some oddball 12 by 15s for beaver. He started using those for coon, and he set the 9 by 11s and the 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 12 by 15s with the trigger coming from the bottom and what he found out was that the coon didn't mess with the wires that after the trap fired the wires laid on the bottom of the trap and the coon just walked on them there was uh you know no fighting them at all so they weren't bent or destroyed or anything else what what I'm going to say too is that I don't know if it's just individual coon or if it's sections of the country where they have certain personalities. But um, in some places, coon will fight the trigger wires and just beat them to death, and you'll have to replace them. And other places, guys will say, "Oh no, I got eight or ten coon already, and that, and yeah, the wires are a little bent up, but they still work fine." So there's there's a lot of variation in what you're going to encounter. But what Tim found was, with was his area, that um, in Ohio, that he was able to set them and get virtually no damage at all to them by having them on the bottom rather than the side or coming from the top.
0: Well, you know, and, I, and I'm going to go into a little bit, what everybody knows me for is I'm, I'm the habit and behavior guy. I'm the guy that looks at an animal and... If if I'm gonna figure out anything, I'm gonna look at the habits and behaviors of those animals. And what you just said, there's two keynotes that, that 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 is absolute. Number one, when your triggers are coming up from the bottom and going straight on up, what is the one thing that most coons, skunks, and possums are doing more than anything else? That's crawling over. Okay. The the if you yeah. if you have a, a log, a stick or whatever, when you watch a coon walking through the brush or even just just take it right on in the ADC right into a yard when you're watching that coon rather than go around what will they do they'll just go right on over okay so you by taking that that uh, trigger system and putting it up with the opening per se at the top they see the the top is the clear and the triggers at the bottom it's it's going with their natural behavior their natural habit is to crawl over top of so uh, I I think that's a good uh situation there. Also another thing that that you just hit on was especially here in the northeast, the coon that's gonna fight to trap the hardest is usually going to be out in the fur. It's gonna be out in the woods, it's gonna be out in that farm field. Very I, when I go into a coon, I catch a coon in a yard or whatever, they're gonna dig it up, but they're not gonna have thirty six pounds of dirt in it, and they're only gonna have about ten pounds of dirt in it. Okay. Where you get a coon out in the out into the field, out in the woods there's going to be, they're going to have that trap filled up with, with uh, sticks and stones and stones six inches in diameter. You're wondering how they guy even got them into the trap, but um, the, the the key there is when you was talking about some coon would they work the trap harder? I believe a true wild coon or a coon that's running out in that wild area, all right, he's going to be more stressed of being confined in that cage than if you get a coon that's that's been living in somebody's house. Now again, that's just that's just yeah. brain parts.
1: Okay, yeah that's well, nothing make sense. yeah the yes. the one out in in the in the field out in the woods he's not so accustomed to people he's um you know when he, he gets, definitely
0: doesn't want to be confined he definitely doesn't want to be confined out in the open definitely
1: yeah you know, anything that's strange to him um is gonna be something he wants to really get out of whereas like one in a in a you know, in around a farm field or something like that or in suburbia where there's all sorts of trash and rubbish around. It's just one more thing, and he's like, oh, well. Um, You know, you talk about stuff being brought into traps, and um, my first introduction to cage traps was 1981-82 with T.C. Dawson in Alabama, and he had so much problem with red clay down there, um, you know, it's just that gumbo, it's nasty stuff. I know Russ Carman went down there one year, and he said I had my belly full of that. He said he didn't, he didn't <laughs> want to deal with it again, and, and I can't blame him. I can't blame him. It's nasty, and so he wanted to go to cages, which made perfect sense. You put the cage in, and you're a lot less apt to have uh, you know issues with you know the rain and stuff. So, um, but the wire that we use. Was I guess it was 14-gauge wire, but it was one-by-two mesh, which is not problematic for catching, <laughs> but it sure is <laughs> in the mess out. I mean, yeah. they, they, can, they can pull logs and trees and, and, and boulders and, like you say, everything in there. And I can remember coming up and finding a coon where in a 16-inch trap where he was so crowded at the top of the trap he couldn't hardly move because he had 12 inches of mud and dirt in there. Um, I'm, I started building traps with one by one and because it just seemed like there was a, a lot of one by one mesh being used by the major manufacturers and it, and then it was a very short time. I'm thinking, I'm getting guys saying, geez, do you have any half by one? I'm thinking, yeah, we can get it. And we started making it in half by one. And of course now half by one's the way to go to keep the junk out and, um, I just built another trap the other day. It's a little bit different. It's a it's uh it's a powered uh, ring door trap. And um I the door came down closer to the bottom. I I thought maybe I should leave it a little a little farther open, but I sent two traps to a guy and who's been trapping with one by one, you know, kind of standard stuff and he's experienced, you know, lots of uh, stuff in the traps. And if you're doing ADC work, you know, you're out to catch the skunk that's tearing up their lawn and then you use one-by-one mesh and then you pick up the trap and it's like, well, my yard was bad before, but now it's terrible. <laughs> you know, you've got craters <laughs> where the skunks have, have torn it up. Well, with a half-by-one mesh and uh, the tight doors, he said it, it didn't touch the lawn. The coon could not reach out and bring in anything. So the first night he was two for two and happy as a clam. So... Um, you know, and in the ADC work, of course, that's what everybody's looking for is to do less damage than what was done by the animal.
0: Well, with your, with your, with your, your half by one, definitely you, you've got a roof trap there that, that the animal, if, if I've got a trap that's a half by one, I don't have to worry about the shingles in any way, shape or form. Right. Um, you know, I, and I can sit and I've got a certain way I set the cage on a roof where I don't worry about the shingles anyway, but, but you, you got a point right there. Now. Here's a question though for you. With a half by one, obviously you're not going to use that for a a, a water trap like beaver or, or muskrats where you've got current, correct?
1: Um. Well, um. Actually. Or are you going to
0: stake it down?
1: You, well, actually, you could, because. Okay. Well, you you, you you stop and think about it first. I mean, I've had people say well Comstock's mesh is different or something than my mesh and and the the mesh is this mesh is better mesh and I'm like the trap is facing into the current it makes no difference what mesh you use you look at a point there (laughs) you definitely got a point there (laughs) well that's it what you you have to do is you have to be analytical you have to stop and just take a quick look at what is actually uh, occurring when you take a trap, you're not putting it crosswise, and all that you're doing is you're just putting it in the current so it flows through the trap. You're looking at the end of the trap. So the end of the trap, uh, the thickness of the wire is going to be what's going to be into the current. and that's. So if you use 12-gauge or 14-gauge, it's not going to change any resistance, and no matter what you use, it's fine. Mm.
0: Let's let go into the diameter of the traps, okay? Because uh, this is this is a trail setting with cages goes against um, the grain of the average fur trapper, okay? Um, the ADC boy, we we're a little bit more used to it, and um, you know. By the way, guys listening, if, most guys they, they have said to me, uh, Jonesy, you're you're a bait and lure manufacturer. You're only going to use baited sets. And if you listen to our posts, and you and I was, you know, kidding about this the other day, uh, over on Trapper Man, you, you'll talk about a force or a, or a, an open set, and then I'm going to come right in with a baited set. And the reason I do that for you guys listening is, as Jim and I was talking, you probably, and I'll never say this, admit this publicly, but I probably use as many unbaited sets as I do baited sets. But when we when we're talking on a forum, okay. We don't want the newer guys to get the idea that there's only one way to do something. Um, and Jim well, and I talked about that in in in, in uh, great la- length the other day. Correct?
1: Yeah. Well, and you know what we were we were talking about too is uh, basically an evolutionary process. And 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 you were talking about rut trapping. And yeah. mm-hmm. and what what happens is. Um, if I thought I was going to be trapping exactly the way I'm trapping now, five years from now, I'd probably just quit. The only thing that makes it a challenge and interest to me is that I know that there's better methods out there, and there's things, if you just keep your eyes open and listen, pay attention to the animals, you keep coming up with new ways. I mean, I've gone through conibears bears and foot traps and snares and everything else, uh, 660s for beaver, and if somebody had told me when I was a kid, you, you'll be using cage traps to, to catch beaver, you know, in, in, in your retirement age, and I would have said, yeah, what are you smoking? You're crazy. There's no way in hell I would ever use a cage trap. And, um, and now I'm finding they work better. And, you know, I wish I had more opportunity to experiment with them. And, and I'm going to touch on something else, too, kind of integrating bait and lures with trail sets. And and I'll explain that we did in California, and then maybe take it back to even coon now. What um, I've had very little opportunity to trap coon in this area, and it kind of broke my heart during ADC because I mean last year I did like three or four coon jobs, which is the most I've had in quite a while. But a couple of years ago, I had a job, and the raccoon are in this warehouse, and the warehouse is wide open. They're climbing up in the ceiling. All the insulation is torn out. They've crapped everywhere. It's a disaster and uh they they want them out of the building, and so I started setting traps um actually, I set some two twenties uh, along a railing where they were traveling because they what what all of this trap is uh, uh trail trapping or whatever is just it's in between trapping. What you're trying to do is get in between where the animal is coming from and where he's going to go, and you basically stand there look to see where he's coming from, look to see where he's going, and then look in between and look for points where he's going to have to travel. I did that in the building up in the, in the crawl spaces and found where he was going along the eaves. I caught a couple along there, but it was, a, it was a light snow on the ground, and the first thing I did was went right out back. I wanted to see those cooners in the building, but they're not spending all their time there, obviously. So there's fences around the property, and animals love the travel structure. So the first thing I did was walk back to the fence, and there's coon tracks right along the fence. I'm like, bingo. So I grab a 9-by-11, 30-inch cage strap and drop it right in the fence. A couple days later, I got a coon. So I have no doubt that all of the same techniques used with your foot traps, coni bears, and snares can be um, employed with the cage traps. You, you just got to get out there and do it um, and, and have the confidence in it. Uh, i say the animals, if, if they were afraid of wire, they wouldn't follow the fence. So there's a little bit of wire in the cage. Like you say, you find a, a spot where there's a little thicker brush, and they're not going to go around it, and they just go right through it. When we were in California, the first year we started out using bait and lure only. Then the second year we went to trail sets only. And then after that I realized that it killed my fox catch. The, the bobcats travel the trails for long distances. You're going to whack all of them. But the foxes are on and off the trails, and you need something to pull them in. So we started uh, making our own gland lure uh, from the cat glands, and we would put trail sets in combination with gland lure. So now you're pulling the foxes. The cats are already on the trails, and you catch everything. And we learned the ratio of catches fox to cat would tell the technique the guy was using. If you're catching all cats, very few foxes, you're using trail sets. If you were catching all um, foxes or mostly foxes, you're using bait sets. And when you went to the combination set, you were catching about 50-50. So uh, the same thing with coon, and what I'm thinking is, if a guy was to get uh, uh, trail mix lures and, and baits and stuff and put it in the area where your trail sets are, because they're not always on the trail you're on every night, but if you dribble trail lure and little bits of baits on the trail, and it doesn't have to be right next to the trap, just you know, 10, 15 feet away, um, just to get them coming up in the area and get them on that trail. I think an integrated program like that would definitely um you know, enhance your catch. I, I agreed. I agreed.
0: Uh same thing with uh, bait stage uh, you know, feeders for your deer, um places that the coon are accustomed to going to. Um the, the bait is already there, they're already used to come and just pick out your trails and set your and set your uh your, your cages in the trails. Now when you're doing that though, are you are you blocking for, for coon or and I'm going to hit on Fox here in a second. Uh, are you blocking your traps, say, along that fence or out in the woods or along that stream on that sandbar? Are you blocking it off so the coon has to go through it, or are you finding the coon just flat out goes through it?
1: Well, I mean, if you find a nice pinch point where it's, it's all really tight and thick, you're all set. But <clears throat> I do take the time to, uh, to put a little brush and stuff down. However, if they're already on the trail and your trap is in the trail, <clears throat> I think it's more for me than it is for the animal. <laughs> I agree with you. I uh, feel better. In fact, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna
0: see that in the video. I uh, uh, in the video we're putting together, I'm using your trap on that one, and I set the trap in, and I I just stopped and looked at it and said, "Now nah, I got to put a stick on it." I saw it.
1: <laughs> I didn't have to, but <laughs> I had to. <laughs> you know what though. When when you have the gonads, just or else you're too lazy that day, and you just uh, (laughs) say, "Screw it, I'm just sticking that set in there." Nine times out of ten, you got them. (laughs) You know? Yeah,
0: I know. You really do.
1: It's uh, a lot of times you you go overboard, and um, and then you can go the other way and and block stuff up too much and draw attention to it, and then get them to go way around. It's uh, it's funny with using caster with beaver and stuff. if you use caster opposite where the beaver, you know, um, where your lure is, if, if, yeah, or where, where the trap is, you know, you put the trap in the water, just put the lure opposite it, you really don't have to do hardly any blocking of any kind because if they miss it coming in, they're going to hit it going back out. And and, it, and they're not really, I notice that the traps themselves, when animals look at them, they don't see it as a trap. Uh, they just, I don't think they see it as anything. They don't pay any attention to it. They just go right through it. Uh, especially out in the
0: fur. Out out, out in the fur field, uh, you're, you're, I agree with you. You get into ADC here in Jersey, uh, you might you might run into some coons and know exactly what a coon or trap is. But and that brings us to the question, there's a question here from guest six, and he said, what's the smallest size cage you would consider to catch a coon in using your method? You know, in other words, your your style of uh, baitless. list, uh, just set that up. What's your smallest trap? Well,
1: um, the the trap, of course, we were you know we were making them, and that's what we pretty much had at the time were nine by elevens. Well, the nine by eleven actually has a finished opening of nine wide, nine and a half high, and where I got my information from starting out, of course, like anybody else, I'd bought a bunch of um, you know ten by twelves and eleven and twelve by twelve traps, and you know they're obviously. Plenty big for Cone. Well, um, they're almost, in a sense, too big because if you're an ADC first, you're looking to save space so you want to get more traps in your vehicle. So I listened to a couple people. I I listened to Alan Hewitt of Wildlife Control Supplies, and, of course, Alan's selling supplies to everybody. He's talking to all kinds of people all over the country, and he's getting a feel for what the guy's, that are catching numbers are are doing and liking and using. And one of the guys was right down here in Albany, New York, and Mel Berger. And um, um, I listened intently to Mel because he had been doing it for a lot more years than I had, caught a ton of coon and woodchucks and skunks and everything else. And he started out with the big, I think, 11 by 12 safeguards. And then he ended up um, going to he had them uh, specifically make him – nine-by-ten traps, and, and, I, and I asked him, I said, are you missing any, are you having problems? He goes, they go right in them. In fact, he even had an 11-by-12 that he caught a coyote in. So it shows, you know, that what they can fit in, and Alan was telling me the same thing. So the nine-by-11 uh, nine trap that that we built was patterned after what people who knew what they were doing were telling me what to do, and I have not had any problem. Of course, now we get feedback from dozens, if not hundreds of people all over the country using our traps, and I I made a 12-by-12 12 12 purposely so that if somebody absolutely had to have a bigger trap, we got it. But um, the people that are using the 9-by-11s and started with them are not switching to the 12-by-12s. Yeah, so they're not... what. Yeah, so they're they're not um, um, they're not a- in any way dissatisfied with the nine by elevens. They're doing fine. And if you do get a coon that is particularly wised up um, and and maybe wouldn't go into a nine by eleven, who's to say he definitely would go into a twelve by twelve? And so, well, yeah,
0: and you hit the nail right there. I um, you're you're hitting the nail. I, I, I've caught plenty of coon in seven by eight traps. And well sure. I'm, and you and I was and and we talking about the traps that I'm having you make for me now, you know I, I actually wanted to go smaller than than what we're getting done. Uh, I, I prefer ten by ten. Um, I think I think you're making me twelve by twelves, right? Right. Isn't that? Yeah. Again, the only reason I'm going with the twelve by twelves at this point is because the finish opening is what would you say it was nine and a half by nine and a half or something like that. Well, I, I
1: and on that one, it would be uh, ten by ten and a half. Yeah, that, that's what it was. So, so it's giving
0: me my finished opening of what I really want. Right. Uh, but, but again, you hit the nail right on head. Getting back into habits and behaviors, that inch difference up and that inch difference wide, the refusal isn't going to be because of the opening. The refusal is going to be because the coon's saying, "I don't want to go in there."
1: Right. And, and it, it is a lot of the reason is he's seen other coons caught, or he's been caught and released, and he's got, yes.
0: yeah. Yes, yeah. Now, um, on on your on getting back to the to the foxes, what uh, are you are you getting many calls where or, or folks are catching the foxes? Because that seems to be the number one question. And I, and I'll be honest with you, I've only caught gray fox in the in a cage. I can't catch a red fox to save my life in a cage. Uh, um, are you getting many people doing it?
1: Well, here's the thing. Um, there's a fellow over in Massachusetts, Randy, who who took some of our traps and used them for Fisher. And his first year, he had 10 of them. He, got, he said he got nine fisher, I think 34 coon, and he caught four foxes, and I think were a couple of reds and a couple of grays. And these were in the 9 by 11s But th- what these are, this is an area that has not been trapped basically since 1996. I mean, when they shut down uh, steel traps, coni bears over there, most of the trappers quit. So you've got these basically stupid animals running all over the place, and... I don't know if you're going to catch anything in numbers, but you know they do catch them once in a while um where they're catching the you know the foxes like at the den sites where they put a um a nose cone either uh you know some kind of a makeshift thing that they build that goes over and covers the den and then put a double door trap into it, and then they catch similar foxes. similar
0: to the groundhog similar to the groundhog setups, same then. same principle yeah and
1: and they will catch foxes you know that way uh I'm thinking back. I've caught, I've caught two foxes, uh, two grays, in our 9x11s, actually, by accident. Um, uh, one in a, uh, in a fence. I had set it for a skunk, and there was a bunch of thick brush on one side, so I went over on the other side and put the trap on, uh, basically on the back side. And, um, so what I think happened was, I'm guessing, that he came through the fence and popped up in the trap. So it was like, oh, <laughs> there he was. And then there was another place. There was, uh, it was woodchucks. I don't know if the, I don't know if the foxes killed some of them or what. But they called. And they had woodchucks living under their shed. And then there was dens out there. I knew there was woodchuck traps, tracks in. And then there was another den. It was all packed down. And then I got looking at it. And I thought, those the foxes. Well. Um, I put, I just set traps at all of them thinking that I don't know if the foxes were there or staying and the woodchucks could come back and I suppose re-inhabit them. But uh, I set one of them over the den and that fox had to be outside of the den. And because it had been his den, I caught, uh, it was that year's pup. It was, uh, you know, about half grown by the time I I caught it or three quarters grown. But I have, I've caught a couple, you know, I say accidentally. But if you're in pinch points and tight areas, um the cage traps i think would all be all right but uh i would probably go to taller traps (coughs) you know like for the bobcats I, i i wouldn't think for the fox that it would hurt to go to a you know 15 16 inch trap even you know an 18 like bobcats go to a tall one have it you know could be 10 12 wide and uh definitely taller
0: now, uh, your 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 thoughts on, uh, you know, I'm partial to single door again because I'm a bait guy, and there's the double doors. You're you're on these trail sets. I'm assuming you're mainly setting all of your all of your double doors with both doors open. But you ever set a single door in a in a uh, a trail if you can predict which way the uh, the animal's coming?
1: I don't think I'd ever do it. <laughs> I don't think I would ever set a single door trap. I'm not saying that it wouldn't work and it couldn't work. I'm just saying that I would definitely um, use a double door trap because even if you think you know, um, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I just like, in anything I do, I like to remove as much risk or chance as possible. So if I'm going to set a trail, if I've got a double door trap, I'm all set. It just it'd be like setting a conibear in a box, you know. I mean, um, if you were going to put it in a box, you'd want to have both ends of the box open. You wouldn't want to have one closed, I would think. Or, or use bait. <laughs> that's that's, and that's if you're going to use a the box, throw a chunk of bait yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's that's our
0: coon boxes that we use down in the meadows. By the way, Jersey guys, you remember we cannot use foot traps. We cannot use conibears on top of the land uh, above the surface of the water. So. Uh, we're, going, we're talking a lot of stuff here, Jersey boys. Remember, don't get yourself in trouble because somebody just put the bucket set, and we cannot use the bucket set unless it's totally submerged. Uh, Jersey boys, that is, unless it's totally submerged by water. Well, and, and yeah, I'll go ahead. Okay. And that's obviously that's for going to be in tidal water for for uh, coons if you're going to use it for coons. So no, no Jersey boys, no bucket sets. Uh, that's just a disclaimer. That's why we're making it legal for the Jersey Boys to listen to the show.
1: <laughs> if, <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> if If I was going to be down in an area like that where, of course, you couldn't use your conibears, I wouldn't hesitate to go, especially, you know, if you're in tidal areas where you've got thick grass and stuff and weeds, oh, I would be dropping cages in left and right. And and you you're, you know what's the interesting thing? It's like when you use conibears in trails. You'll set a trail and you're like, I me darn! I didn't know these things were traveling there. I mean, you you set for coon. Next thing you know, you got a fox, you got an otter, you got a mink. You're catching all kinds of stuff. And um, I say the the cages, a nine by eleven cage in any of those areas, I think would just be the nuts. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have to. You wouldn't have to go over thirty inches, and you might even be able to do okay with twenty fours. I say we've got a fellow in Georgia now catching armadillos in our 18s, which I was like, uh, I knew people were doing it by accident once in a while. We used them uh, and, and for armadillos and at my mother-in-law's in 30s and went to 24s, and uh, I wouldn't have dared use 18s. But that's why people are setting stuff and, and catching critters that I, I just never believed would work.
0: Yeah, I th- I think most guys are overkill with uh thinking they're needing thirty six or forty two inch uh cages oh, for a yeah. coon where, where, you know, a thirty inch or even like you said, a a 20, a twenty twenty four we've we've filed them in there and then uh, you know, thirty inch is more than enough. Matter of fact, you know, 20. a big old coon just turned around in that trap and you're wondering how he got turned around in that thing. Oh, so, are
1: you talking single door on those? single or double. A oh, double
0: door, you going to have to be longer, obviously. Yeah, so if you get the but now well, the new those new traps you're making, they're they're drop doors. I mean, they're they're straight down doors, correct?
1: Um, they're not straight. But okay, but they're they come down they're close to straight and uh yeah, and what they'll do is they'll reach out and slap the animal right into the trap. I this is a uh it's a ring door type, but nobody's ever made a powered ring door trap. And I was, you know, you go along for weeks trying to rack your brains, trying to come up with ideas, and you build stuff, and you look at it, and you go, oh, that's junk. And, and, i uh, kind of embarrassed you even built it. And then all of a sudden, when the ideas come, it's like, I'll have a trap in two hours, and I know I got a trap that's a winner once, once the right idea hits. And well, these, actually, that's um, why I
0: got them from you. That's why, that's why you convinced me to get them from them and, and uh, oh, I'm work. put them to oh, the test. Here. I,
1: say I got guys already. I say the first night, well, here's the thing. When you know your trigger system, you know the mechanism you've got, and you know what door systems are, and you know how the power works, uh, if you take uh, basically just a different combination of what you know already works and put it together, it, it doesn't require you know uh, six months of testing. I mean, I fire it on the bench, I look it all over, and I know whether that trap's going to work right then and there. And um, and these now, uh, I say the first first guy I used them, well, actually, I made a couple for Timmy, and uh, these this was a different type, It was the same kind of principle, though, power door, and, and this door comes straight down. It's actually a totally uh, internal bifold door that fits up inside the trap, and it slams down like a guillotine door, but... Uh, the best part of it is it's flush mount, and you can cover the whole trap if you're worried about ice and snow and weather, and uh, you can, jot, you know, jam it back into the brush or culverts or anywhere, it's zero clearance. Whatever the trap will fit in, it's done. Uh, those I've got to work on a little bit to make a door that's a little easier to make. Function's there, but it's just difficult. But the other trap is a solid piece, uh, ring door, and ring door traps have been around forever, so that's a given. Powered. We've been using powered now for five years, and that's a given. Our triggers are given. We put the three together, and there you go. So, well, what's
0: now? Uh, a question was asked: Will the powered door uh, that you're talking about now, okay, the the drop yep. door, will that work upside down? Is that powered enough to be able to swing back up?
1: Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Well, well, let me say this: I, I, it depends on the trap. It, yeah, it probably. Yeah, it, it will, but it's not going to be fast, and I don't know what would be the advantage of doing that. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, so the only
0: the only advantage would be the same as your beaver, and like we was talking about when you was talking about my my thoughts on that is the reason as a, as a, I'm not particularly crazy about the drop door like that is because the little twig that you didn't see or the little right. the little brush that you talking didn't about see. A yeah, well, not the guillotine, but the, but the, like the Williams and those those other traps. Yeah. When the right, door was just falling by gravity, but but you had to weight of the door to pull it down. Right. And like you were saying, uh, with with this power on it, those little toothpick, slightly larger stuff that you don't see because you're sitting there in the middle of the night, uh, wouldn't necessarily stop that door from coming down it'll, because it'll of the power right, on it.
1: It'll yeah. plow right through it. Yeah, It'll plow right through it, fi- fire, drop, and lock. It'll work fine. Um, the, um, the raccoon trap, of course, the smaller the, the trap with the same springs on it, um, the, the more door pressure there is on it. And that probably would work anyway. See, we pretty much, with the very first traps we built we built a trap that will work in absolutely any condition or position possible but you know when you do that you incorporate all that stuff in there there's um, a lot of time and effort to build them, materials and expense that goes in so it makes a more expensive trap if you want a trap that will do every absolutely anything and everything we've already got that but um... what we found was that i didn't like the way that the doors worked on on really tall traps, I thought i don 't know I just it was one of those things you just said it, and it worked, but I just didn 't like it so um, I wanted something where basically i think I think the biggest reason is if you have a trap that 's got a door that 's uh, eighteen or twenty four inches high and only like eight or ten or twelve inches wide when it swings all the way down now from your fulcrum point at your door hinge all the way down to the bottom of the door is a tremendous amount of distance and an animal gets pushing on that and levering on it they could bend the door frame or or twist things or whatever it's just not good with a lock ring the lock ring drops right to the bottom of the trap and locks that thing solid Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Mm
1: -hmm. with a a tall door as long as it's powered now you've got something that's going to lock up solid and you're not going to have any problems the, of course, because anybody knows, with a with a ring door trap, the only thing you've got to prevent is uh, rollover, so that you know they don't they don't pop out of it. And you know you can do it with a stake or a twist of wire, or um, you can put a bar through it, I suppose. Just tie it off to something so it doesn't roll over. But um, that's kind of true of even you know at the guillotine door traps too, same kind of thing. And and even if uh, even if uh, a lock. Uh, ring trap did roll over it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to lose the animal either it's not a given uh, it just becomes a, a greater possibility right well now, in a, in, a, in a nutshell let's uh, well first of all before I say
0: that you guys that's on the phones any questions Jason Eric uh, let's see I've got Marilyn in there I, I'm assuming that's Morgan um, any questions out there or any of you guys that's typing uh, the guest six been been putting some uh, questions up as if you got questions, make my job easier, ask them so I can, so I don't have to think as hard. Um, but Jim, what would be the basics? Let's go right through it now for, um, whatever. Again, let's, let's go over the basics again. When you go out there for, for the, looking for the spot, what are you looking for? Not, not in the ADC, but say in the fur field, what are you actually looking for and how much time will you spend at to, 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 to uh, look for that one spot versus just saying, "Oh, the heck, with a throw bait in it."
1: Well, I guess uh, you know a lot of stuff has to do with the lay of the land and the terrain, and and what you're dealing with. If you're dealing with kind of wide open spaces, um, there's not like hedgerows, there's not rock walls or fences. Uh, there's really not much to work with at all and uh, no structure to follow and things like that. I wouldn't waste a lot of time looking at all. I would pick kind of, you know, what you thought would be your best points where maybe something converged with another field or something, and there was some roadways that came together, things like that. But, um, I mean, if, if you're going down in, like, farmer's places, you've got fields, I'd, I'd go down the hedgerows and, and look um, – you know, look to find the trails, you can find them all ahead of season, go out and uh pick them out where they're going through and um you could even actually, you could even put a trap in a location and and wire doors back. I had a guy that did that this uh this fall. He actually put a trap in the location first I think he caught a dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's, let me, let me, uh, obviously you just Did answered you get a, a question problem? I was going
0: to, <laughs> I was going to ask you a question, but you probably answered it already. Yeah. Um, you, you know, snares, uh, in states where you can use 220's uh, double door cage strap, used essentially the same way, what is the advantage over a cage trap over the other, the other, uh, the other two methods and, and you kind of like just alluded to it
1: <laughs> well um uh the the cages uh, especially with um you know having a wire trigger when you have a pan, I mean a pan can get debris underneath it it can um it can get frozen down, you get a little bit of snow it you can have you know problems with that. I had a guy in Colorado tell me a couple of years ago where Um, they got, like, about six inches of snow, filled his cage up pretty good, and there was one little bump in there where the pan was, and the bobcat stepped right over it. I don't know, of course, if it would have fired and locked up the way it was supposed to or not, but it missed the pan, of course. And that was the advantage with the wire trigger. I figured if that wire trigger is covering that opening, he's not going to be able to walk through there, you know, step over. It's it's like with ADC, animals reaching over, stepping over, and whatever, with with the wire triggers and the other traps we have are the swing we call them swing panel traps that it works very much like um the wire trigger because it's a it's a it's just a piece of cage wire that's hung down in the middle of the trap and they can't go through it without without pushing it so but um yeah the uh, i mean
0: what would be the advantage of using a cage over the other two though i mean you know you got a guy saying uh uh, where whatever state it is and and he can set a snare he can set a uh, uh a or he can set your cage. What would be the advantage for the cage uh over the other two options
1: uh well um I would think um uh, with a with a snare i mean you can have it they could get knocked down and um um once in a while um with with your conna uh, that 's what I found with you with you know I, we can 't use snares here, so the only way I use them is for you know beaver in the water, so i don 't use them on land but um, I mean the beaver with the beaver, the snares get knocked over, and obviously they can get knocked over the same way, something can bump them and and they can get fired on you. Uh, the cage is not apt to get fired like that and you know what 's good about cage trap is especially face it, our population of humans is on the increase. And now, you know, what was a field last year, now it's a bunch of homes. There's still a bunch of animals around there. And if you can go in and, and tell somebody, um, I've got a, I hate to use the name Have a Heart, but you say I have a Have a Heart type trap that will, uh, catch an animal live. It's, it's not going to uh, maim your children or kill your pets. And, um, could I set it here for a raccoon? And, uh, I think you're apt to more apt to get a permission than when you're going to say you're going to set a killer trap.
0: Well, yeah, and, that, and that's the key. You know, like you say, you caught they they caught a dog in the cage. Well, the dog can be turned loose with no problem. He can be turned loose out of the snare too, ninety percent of the time too. y yeah. But um, there, there's you know the the it's, I'm saying right now is you've got the option of turning that thing loose or or or, or, or keeping it without a a lot of hassles and and headaches um, other than just carrying a heavy old uh, trap out there. But if you can drive, I guess you don't have to worry about that, right?
1: Yeah. Well, face it, too. Um, Usually, um, trappers, if you're running any kind of a line, um, usually you're trying to get as close as you can to where you can set. Um, I mean, yeah, there's times you have to haul stuff back in. With the um like with the beaver now I'll put um I've sometimes put two in a sled and put one on my back. I use uh rubber bungee cords, and a guy could probably put a couple of raccoons on his back and put probably three or four in a sled and just drag them across the fields right and right. um but yeah you um you know you think about how many sets you're running and how many places you're going and whatever and uh, usually it isn't you're walking miles back to a place because if you're walking miles back that all that time you're walking you could be setting traps you got to. the only way you're going to catch is by setting traps and if you're walking you can't be setting traps mm. you got to you know you take a few steps set a trap get back in the truck
0: you've you've more or less and I want to change gears here because it's just you more or less changed from for your beaver trap and you 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 set a lot of uh Cages for your beaver trapping. Um what what is the main focus on that? Is it is it just you you love the cages that much or are they that much more productive or you just you can find you know, what is the reasoning that you switched
1: over to the cages for beavers? It was a combination of everything. I started uh with plain um I call it uh, a standard Victor three thirties that had about an inch and a quarter, inch and a half gap in them after they closed. And then um, I went to Magnums, the BMIs, for years, and they worked great. I liked them because if if a beaver came up and kicked it, uh, you'd catch it by a hind foot, and he'd still be there. And then um, I got into snaring for quite a while. And I liked a lot of the aspects of it. Uh, I got so that with a little lure, a lot of times I could literally go to a spot, put in two snares, one gob of lure, and have both beaver in the morning. And um, it worked real nice. The only thing is it was times like I'd have, you know, a muskrat or a duck or something, turtles, different things would kind of screw up my sets. Not that it can't happen with anything, but um, I went to... Um, 660s and started using the Belial's and started, made those in the 660s. And I love those for, I use those for uh, several years. And then I went on to actually make my own modified 660 that I use. It's a self-supporting one. I use those for about five years and they work super. And then after making the cage trap with the ADC work, especially what I envisioned a device that would be universally acceptable almost anywhere. It would be not so big that it wouldn't be practical, but big enough so that you could just kind of drop it in and catch what's ever there very easily. And that's what we kind of ended up with. I patterned the trap after the 660, making a um, a 12 by 18 opening. Uh, I mean, a 660 is like 10 by 24, so it's about the same. And, what I'm finding is the versatility of the cages compared to the other devices. It, there's just there's just no comparison. They're hardly ever sprung because I, I also had ideas a vision of building a Conibear killer type trap with a recessed trigger because if you analyze what a 330 Conibear is or any Conibear is, it's a flat surface that reaches out towards the animal. The springs can actually kick an animal away or the jaws can miss them, anything can happen, and they only reach out 5 inches on a 10-inch trap. Well, if you have a a cage trap that's about 40 inches long, you essentially have a conibear-type trap, trigger, that's recessed 20 inches into the center. Mm -hmm. Add to that the trigger travel. A conibear, I used to have our conibear, so they only traveled probably about an inch, I would adjust the trigger so they would only go an inch uh, uh, to fire. And you make a nice neck catch a lot of the times. You didn't let them get too far into it. Well, with these, they actually have a trigger travel of several inches, and that's purposely incorporated into it. So they hit the trigger at 20 inches. They push it three or four inches farther into the trap before the trap fires. Now they're almost two feet into it. So looking at it from the perspective of as an animal goes into a trap and a trap fires if eighty to ninety percent of his body's already into the trap as it fires is it likely that the other ten or twenty percent will go follow the eighty or ninety um... or will the uh... ten percent that's out of the trap pull the eighty percent out that's not likely at all if he's all the way into that trap when that trap fires he's, he's done and with his back feet over the doors that are powered it pushes his feet right up as he's going forward. He's got momentum. You just don't miss him. And we've built him now down to, you know, 36, 33, 32 inches, still catching 50, 60-pound beaver in him. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it was uh, last fall, uh, fall before last, uh, we caught a 61-pounder a just in a, in a little 12-by-12 12 12 36. I mean, he was pretty well jammed in there, filled the whole thing up, but he was there. And right. And what we're finding is that um, I can set it on, on basically uh, in, in almost in muck. You find a place where you, you can't stabilize a conorberry. You can't get it in there because it's, it's like diarrhea. You know, you go to set the trap and it just sinks out of sight. And You set them and you look back and, and there it is. Eight inches of the conorberry is in the muck and two inches are out. And then you've got to get kind of platforms and sticks or do something to get them up above. And with the cage, it has such a big footprint that if you just threw a couple of sticks in, if you had something really soupy, it'll float it. And even if it sinks into the mud a couple inches, it doesn't affect the, the, the mechanism. still works. You've got a culvert. Uh, without using stabilizers um, of some kind like a KB or whatever, uh, you can't put a bear into a culvert the same way. The cage trap, whether it's concrete or whatever it is, You just drop it in, slide it in the culvert. You put them in a two-foot culvert, walk away, you're done. I'm finding that there's just, it's like, uh, I just say, just add water. You put that trap in the water, and you're catching them. We we came up with um, a broken dam set where it's not much. You just take the trap, and you leave the upper door closed, the bottom door open, in the pond, on the upside of the dam, you set the trap on an angle, it just goes with the uh, the angle of the dam, and the trap is just out of the water, where the door is just under the water, and you reach up underneath and make a little hole, let the water trick, trickle through, and, and you just knock them right out. Well, <laughs> there was one, one fella that I, I thought I had explained it to, and um, he said, yep, it worked just fine, he showed me the picture of it. I'm like, you caught a beaver in that? And what he ended up doing was, instead of making a trickle, he put a crater. Instead of leaning the trap on the dam and having one door open, he just walked out about five or six feet from the opening, dropped the trap on the bottom, and caught the beaver.
0: How the beaver not spring it with sticks?
1: Uh, well, it's underwater. It's way underwater. Okay. All right. It's on the bottom, and he, he caught. And that—that's the other reason. You brought up a really good point. If you try to set, um. Like bears with, um, dam breaks, it's a lot of trouble usually. Of course, with foot traps, you do fine. But, um, you, even then, you have to be careful. And, um, as long as you set the cage trap on an angle and with the, the upper end of it, with the door frame completely underwater, when the beaver comes up, um, and there's a small hole, the first thing they do is they go into it just to investigate it and they don't bring anything with them. They don't bring even grass or mud or anything. They just swim into the trap. Bingo, that's it. Hmm. Small holes is 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 the secret too. You want to make it so it makes a lot of noise. A lot of times I'll I'll make a hole and then I'll put a little stick or a, or a flat rock or something so that it kind of comes off, comes out of it and leaks and splashes. I just want it to make noise. Right. And right. as long as it makes noise, they're coming to it. And and as long as it's a small hole, they don't bring sticks. And as long as the trap's underwater, they just dive under the first time just to take a look to see what's going on. And there they are.
0: Now, you're you with your double doors. You're mainly going with a 36 inch trap. Uh,
1: the double doors. The, the 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 big trap is 39, and um, the actually the uh, the 12 by 12 is 36.
0: Okay. All right. So, I mean, for Coon and, and on a double door for Coon or double door for Fox uh, or or whatever, you're, you're still, 36 would be the minimal and you could go longer if you need to, correct?
1: Yeah, I would, I would think that that's um, pretty much what you want. Right, right.
0: Well, we're running on an hour and a half and uh, most of the guys are dropping out now. So, Okay. I mean, the momentum's slowing down. I know you're, you probably want to get back out into the shop and still work, don't you?
1: You're crazy. I'm going to bed. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I got the lights off. I got go, <clears> to <throat> put a couple of sticks of wood on it. But I really. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you know, Jim, it's, 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 uh, been a privilege to have you on, uh, as always. it's. uh. You if know, you have it, a lot it, of it's always
1: fun, and you realize that no matter how much you talk about, you didn't touch on anything compared to what's. Uh, been-
0: I know, but if I but if I keep you going, we're going to be here till twelve <laughs> when neither one of us is going to get to bed.
1: But I just you know remember I, I had <laughs> the privilege of meeting Mel Hirschberger and I stopped in and visited him in uh, Phoenix, and uh, you know, a heck of a cat trapper, and he had a book out and everything else, and made lures. And I just remember stopping at his place, and we talked three straight days of bobcats.
0: Yeah. We never even
1: uh, never came up for a breath, and it, it was the greatest. Well, I can only imagine what's going
0: to happen in the end of March when we're both in New York, and 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 uh, typical when all the talks are being done. We're standing out there, all the stuff that we're going to talk about, and the and the, and the brain. Uh, the brain maneuvers is happening. I know every time I talk to you, I get to thinking different things. Um, uh, I'm still going I'm still going to use the marshmallow or persimmon oil on your wire though, in the middle of the trap. Oh, sure. You know, I have to, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I have to, but, uh, I appreciate you, uh, getting on here. Why don't you, uh, tell everybody, uh, I, I believe Tomahawk is selling your traps, but you're also making custom traps for, for folks like myself, correct? <laughs>
1: We sell, what we have is basically all of our products, of course. We can provide anybody with any of the Tomahawk products. We sell all those also. Right. And um, here I do any kind of customized stuff. So anything that's not in a catalog and any of the new stuff before Tomahawk makes it, I am making them here. I also, you know, I just made a chimney trap. Uh, we had one last year that was it worked fine. I say Tim tried it in Ohio, and he was three for three and three tries out and worked fine first night every time, but it was again too complicated to make so finally, with this latest trigger um this configuration with the trigger and the doors, the way we got them, um I got one that's so incredibly simple, and yet it will be so effective that we're making those too but that 's the fun part is you know coming up with the new stuff all the time,
0: yeah yeah so they can tell folks how they get a hold of you either by a phone number or a website how can they get a hold of you if they want traps made by you
1: um well uh the the website is comstock Cage and uh dot com and of course that's because uh, you know we we do sell traps but do the custom work and and the phone number here the the home phone is area code five one eight seven nine two two three seven one on the um um, on the website, there's all the contact information too. There's uh, uh, an info, info at Comstock Custom Cage, I guess it is, that's uh, for um, the, the site that's uh, the uh, email that's related to the site. And then there are our home uh, emails on there and phone numbers and everything. But uh, I get a kick when people call us and they say, Oh, you're open. And I said, I just say, Well, we're never closed.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's a
1: and and uh, and if anybody like to, I always say too, if anybody has any ideas about things that they um, um, would like to have me try to make for them, you know, because I had a guy the other day that wanted a, a repeater squirrel trap or um, a skunk trap, and I made him a couple of traps that are just very simplistic, and um, and so he's going to try them out, see if he likes them. And uh, you know, any kind of ideas or preferences, and, and if you, you somebody will need, a, say, a specific size that's not um, exactly what we have in in the newer traps that we're making now, the ones that um, you know you're getting, Ron, those I will be able to go up, down, left, right, sideways, and and come up with anything anybody needs, and I can do that uh, in a hurry. That trap is doesn't have the complications the other. One. The other traps, um, um, the uh, the regular power door traps with the lock bars, um, those are all you know made factory made parts, and so it's it's a big deal to to get those changed. I do it at times. I've got a 12 by 15 beaver trap that I do make, uh, but um, and I could make them, but it's just an awful awful lot of work. <laughs>
0: Well, just to let you, you know, for the folks that are here, we're we're making a, a coon trapping video, and we're also making a, a cage trapping video, and both of Jim's uh, traps will be in those videos, um, in work, uh, working, and, and critters being caught. So, uh, I'm excited about that to, to to put them in the video and 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 have people see these these things work. Yeah,
1: I, and I just always like to say, you know, uh, you know. Uh, don't hesitate to call if you have any questions or wh- anything at all. Just want to talk about what we're doing. I say ideas, anything, because um, we're we're more than receptive. Um, uh, I think I think it surprised a lot of people. You know, to call you on a you know eight o'clock on a Friday night, just just to, to maybe leave a message or something, or put in an, an order to say call back, and they get us on the phone, and then I'll spend literally an hour on the phone. Uh, You know, um, we do it with homeowners all the time. You know, they'll call up, and there was a guy in California that the raccoons were rolling up his lawn. I mean, it was destroyed, and he had used, I think he'd used to have a heart and caught a few coon in it, and then they got smartened up, wised up to it. And um, what's, what's nice is, too, is with cell phones, they could take pictures of their situation and send it to you. And you can kinda of give them some pointers, but I had to laugh. We sent him actually it was he wanted a single door trap longer than any other and I said, Well with our power doors they can actually be any shorter and he said, Well, I don't ever want to miss any so I made him a forty eight inch single <laughs> <laughs> I said I can make it a hundred yards long if you want it but
0: he <laughs> needed a crate to carry that sucker out there with a coon in it <laughs>
1: And I mean four coons could go in there before they hit the trigger. And um but anyway he at least he, he set, you know, pictures back and he was very successful so he's happy but the first day or two he didn't catch anything and um and I said, Could you send a picture of your situation and he did, and here's the the raccoon trap sitting on the patio block. And I said, well, don't you still have some lawn there? <laughs> Couldn't you do something to make it a little more accommodating? Because he said, yeah, the raccoons aren't, don't seem to be going in it. And I said, well, um, I didn't want to say, well, that's just about the worst damn set I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you have to be diplomatic. You say, I think we could do more. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. then then he caught seven or eight coons in a real hurry, and his lawn is growing back now, so he's happy. We like to do that to get you know get people through stuff when they're having problems. But
0: Well, you know, it, it was a good night here. I see Vinky's been on the whole time. Uh, I thought I was kind of hoping he'd jump on the horn, but he said over there on Trapper Man that if he got on there, he was afraid Judy was going to kill him because he'd just keep, probably keep us on here for another two, three hours. But uh, he's been <laughs> well, listening. There's... <we> have- <laughs>
1: Well, David and I only spoke for three hours the other night. <laughs> but it was about 9.30 because he saw me put a quick post on T-Man about your show. And um, and then finally it was, I don't know, it was, it was 12.47 or something. I said, you know, I think I better go to bed. <laughs> uh, it, it just kind of uh, um, keeps going, and, and I don't think we covered everything. <laughs> no,
0: no, no, you probably didn't. Um, but it was a good show tonight. Uh, no questions are coming in. Uh, somebody just asked about the, when will the cage trapping video be ready yet. That's where we're working on it now. And if you know the way I do things, it's going to be probably 36 hours or long. But, so we're, we're projected by the fall. We're hoping that the uh, cage trap will be out. When's the, your new trap? The ones that I'm getting? Um, more or less, I'm getting ahead of a lot of other people. When when are you literally putting that out to the public, or is it out to the public now?
1: Well, I just put a post on, on, uh, on our uh, blog. We also have a blog, that's another thing I never mentioned, that we have a blog right on our website, and right. basically, on that blog, I, uh, you know, give updates as to what we're doing and things like that, but as much as anything, I share uh techniques, methods, you know, baits, lures, whatever we're doing to catch animals and whatever people pass on to us that you know that they um you know are happy for us to share, we put it out there cuz we want people to be successful. So, um they uh you know they could go on there and uh and read that, but um I basically posted that I will be making them now here Um, you know, especially during the winter when it's, it's, it's slower, I'm backed up now. I, of course I, I, I mentioned to a couple other people about the, the oddball size beaver trap and then these traps and the chimney traps. So now I, I, all I need is a few calls to come in from each one and then I'm buried. So, but, um, I'd be happy, you know, to, uh, to make that stuff for people, you know, during the winter months now, and then hopefully within, you know, maybe a month or two that, uh, uh, Tomahawk has some of the, the prototypes. Some of them I'm going to be changing a little bit, but uh, they've got um, the Bobcat trap, and that could be made. You know, I I, I can send them a raccoon size one too, and they can. Those should be uh, reproducible uh, very easily because there's just nothing fancy to them. You know, they're 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 a very straightforward trap to make. So and hopefully, you know, we keep the prices. You know, down with um, some of the other traps and and offer more in them with the power doors and the wire trigger.
0: Okay, well, I got two more questions for you. Actually, it looks like three more questions. All okay. right. Uh, the first, first first question is is these new traps? Is there pictures on the on the website or anywhere of the new traps?
1: Uh, I don't think we've posted anything yet. I don't
0: don't 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 put any of them up until I get them because I want mine to be collector's items.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> uh, a second uh, the, the second one is uh what what a uh, gentleman Bill Ford wants to know if he wants to catch an otter in a cage what size would he uh, need
1: okay what kind of situation
0: does he want but he's going to be in he's going he's to be in tide meadows uh where the water's going to be going up and down anywhere from uh our our tides down there are going to be 6 to 8 feet in a 6 hour period so um, I'm assuming he would probably be... He's be
1: in, basically in runs. Slides, what you're saying. Yeah. double yeah, huh in runs? Mm-hmm. Well, it's it, it's his choice. Um, uh, we make the 12 by 12, 36, um, that would work fine. And uh, I, there's a fellow right now that's at, um, in Illinois doing a master's study, and he's just caught 23 otter in our cages. And... Um, most of them have been caught in the 12 by 12. Now okay, is, he, said, he,
0: he just he just put up. his setting crossovers. So would you go with the same size strap?
1: You could definitely use the 12 by 12s, but if you've got a, a wide run, you could put uh, two side by side. And actually, the way he was setting them too, he was setting them with the doors closing from the side and the triggers again from the bottom. He liked that the best.
0: So they wouldn't tear the trigger system, or, or did he like the idea of the of the of the wires coming up?
1: He liked the wires coming up. Okay. Bottom and the doors will close from the side, um, but it's like if you do that, you just got to be very aware of uh, debris, you know. And <clears throat> what I suggested to a fellow the other day that was going to be doing that, uh, that you could even take like a a square, like a maybe a fifteen by fifteen inch. Piece of square mesh wire and put it down below where the doors were going to be and then set the trap sideways, then you'd be pretty much assured of having good clearance below it, you know? Right, right. right. Sometimes, because I don't know, we've all probably done this uh, in setting conibear, say for beaver and stuff. You set what you think is a perfect set and then you come back the next day, the trap sprung and the thing is hung up on a nub Mm -hmm. that you're in, in in dark water and it's a black nub on the bottom of the pond and you never saw it. Yep. yep. And, and the same thing can happen, of course, with, um, you know, uh, you know, doors on cage traps, the exact same thing. So, you do well, that,
0: and that's, yeah, you and I was talking about that, that uh, exact thing is that's what you got to watch out for. That's why I like your, your beaver trap with the doors on the bottom.
1: It's, yeah, well, it's that, always that is going proven to come up. The, just yeah. Oh, so Nice. It takes the worry out of it, and literally, I know uh, I had one guy. I won't mention a name, but you know he he said, "Oh, that's gimmicky." You know, throwing that trap, and he's doing that for show and this and that. If you come with me on a trap line, I do it all the time, and it's it's not to show off or anything else. It's just because it works. You got a place where the run is out in front of you, and um, you can't reach it. And you you know where the run is. You want the trap to be out there. Throw it in. Drops to the bottom, you, and you don't have to worry about sticks or grass or garbage. And, and you got a catch. You made a catch the yeah. next day. I mean, I, I've done it dozens of times now. but I don't I don't hesitate to do it.
0: And I say well, I was actually I was actually thinking of that same scenario on the streams where you've got water running through. your your set your 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 cage in, in four or five inches of water. And um, it's a walk through, and the coon are walking through I, I like the idea of this of the the spring being on the door being on the bottom again again the, for the guys who don't know your traps when you say they're powered, these son because I think they could send the dog on coon to the moon if he was if it was a well to you you have to
1: you have to hold the trap down when you go to set it because there's there's more yeah. pressure on the doors than the trapways so exactly uh, it's, it's 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 powered and and you know you can <clears throat> you can go strong stronger and then just too strong cuz i mean I, c- I could make it ridiculously strong but you get to a certain point it doesn't really need to be stronger you know right now the the, the beaver traps have about, almost 20 pounds on the doors and the raccoons have about 11 and that's plenty adequate you
0: Well know, my finger my finger says it's plenty i i, I somehow i wasn't paying attention when i was setting that sucker the other day and it come across my my finger slipped out of my hand
1: and, uh, yeah, I, was, <laughs> I was demoing the trap there for um, the the, the fellows from Fur Fishing Game a few years ago at a convention, and I, I was looking the other way, wasn't paying attention, and I got a purple thumb. <laughs> 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 I didn't tell them, though. I didn't swear and just kind of grin and, yeah, yeah, that's all I thought of from. <laughs> No, you do have to be careful. It's it, it's certainly not as danger like a conibear, you know. No, you no, know? I mean, it's
0: not going to hurt you like a conibear, but it no. does sting. It does sting. It does know?
1: sting you. But uh, no, Now, You say, um, would you be setting in the in the tide with the doors coming up from the bottom? And and I
0: I do like it in my in our tides where you get the phragmitis and the and that that debris floating. Okay, yeah. and really flowing. Um, if what 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 actually will happen a lot of times is that 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 will set against the cage crosswise, okay. And and it, on a regular cage, with it with you know with the door coming down, the frag will actually stop it from yeah uh, closing all the way, okay. Right. Whereas I'm thinking with your, your doors at the bottom, when that frag is coming through, and it's setting across the the, the the trap lengthwise. When your beaver or your otter or your or your if you have a raccoon walking through with that door coming up powering up as as strong as your door is it's going to it's going to power that fragmentg straight on up into the into the trap
1: well, interesting, you know you talk about debris and stuff. I purposely made the beaver trap so that it wasn't really tight. It was kind of more like an M1 rifle, you know, sloppy so that it could endure a lot of dirt and debris and stuff. And I have caught beaver with sticks as big as an inch and a quarter in the doors, closed up, locked, and the beaver's in a trap. And it it actually kind of surprised me, but uh, it was made so that it would catch sticks and not not, uh, screw up the action. Because as long as that door can come up and the lock bar moves into place with the stick in there, I've caught him with them stuck in the side and in the bottom of the doors, and and, and he still made the catch. Right. Right. Which is, uh, it's kind of nice because usually if if something like that gets sprung one time, you know he's not going to go back into it next day. <laughs> he's he's yeah. gone to the, you know. Yeah, it
0: seems as kind bear slapping in his face or that door yeah. slapping yeah. in the head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alright, well I knew if I started trying to close you down at that at an hour and a half, we would go to two hours. So we've got fifteen minutes. So I mean it we might as well close it up on on two hour mark. Um any any <laughs> any uh anything else you wanna you wanna thought. Uh Vinky, come on, you you've been quiet. You only made that one comment about uh the next to the trap or next to the cage or the fence rather. So Vinky, write something up, keep us going for fifteen more minutes. David uh,
1: David Harry. is David is the cage guy. He's the, he's the go-to cage guy. He's trapped out there, Washington State, for years and years now. And, and he was telling me some stuff that I was like, whoa, that you did that? This works? And I'm like, wow, this is incredible. Uh, and, and basically, I think with cage traps, the, well, it was like with a thing with bobcats in California. In in 90, I think it was around 96, 98, whatever. It was about the same time as Massachusetts. They lost their uh, steel traps there, and I remember um, we we're, were all expecting it to happen, you know, because referendum out there was going to kill them, and it did. And it, it was amazing though. They still the vote was only like 51-47, so it wasn't it wasn't like a huge victory. But of course it went through. So. Naturally, they're, they're stuck with cage traps. Well, when you know, you, they think they're stuck with cage traps. Um, I had one Colorado trapper tell me, he said, even if they gave me my foot traps back, I wouldn't use them. And when you hear a statement like that, that tells you all you need to know, that cage traps are not a negative. They're just different. And once you learn how to use them properly, you can, you can pile this stuff up. And especially, I say, with um, Randy over in Massachusetts a few years ago, he he had bought our, uh, I say, the, the raccoon traps for Fisher, used those successfully, said, yep, I'm getting another dozen. I said, great. And then I said, no, Randy, don't you trap beaver? He said, oh, yeah. He says, I do it under permit with conorbears. And he says, I'll get you know, maybe a couple hundred a year. I said, okay, well, you're doing good. But I said, I'm just curious. Now, it's only good for a limited time, like 10 days. It's only good in a designated area. He said, yes. So I said, what about other areas? I said, don't you have more territory? Isn't there other places you'd like to trap? He goes, are you kidding me? He says, I'm surrounded in beaver. He says, the whole area is nothing but swamps and beaver. I said, well, I do have a beaver cage trap. I don't want to push it on you, but, you, you know, it wouldn't hurt you to just try one. See if you like it. He said, send me two. Well, he says, I know where there's a bunch of otter. I said, you're you're going to catch otter, and I'm guarantee it. Well, within, I think, a two-week time period, he'd caught 16 otter, and he caught a double in one. So he said, send three more, and then... A few days later, he says, I just caught 23 more beaver, four more otter, a landlocked salmon, and a rainbow trout and two ducks. He says, <laughs> he says, send me three more. So he went out and trapped within 30-something miles of his home and, and caught 400 beaver. <laughs> he had the most ideal conditions that anybody could ever have asked for. It never froze the whole winter. It was, it was you know one of the warmer winters on record. There was no competition. All the other guys had given up because, oh, we've got to use cage traps. We're not going to do this anymore. We quit. It's over. Well, he broke his Conover record with our cages, and so did another right. guy in Washington State. So when they first came out with the regulations in California, and I remember the day, and Judy said, yep, I, I, I knew this was going to happen, and I turned to her and I said, no problem when these guys realize the cage traps are going to be uh, just as good or better than their foot traps were and and basically pull their head out, head out of the sand and and just start working this they're go- they're going to they're going to have a blast and the first guys to do it are going to have it all to themselves because you've got a decade or two of non-trapping animals reproducing and nobody's trapping the whole the whole state 100 Fifty-four thousand square miles open to open to trapping, and and of course you know Reed Ayton and Stacy Yancey and Jeff and those guys catching uh, uh, you know 100, 150 cats a year in in cage traps, and, and of course now with the market being up, they're they're making they're making huge bucks. So um, cage traps are different, but after uh, of course. Having now come up with the power doors and the wire trigger combination, that's made a huge difference in this. And um, I say, if if somebody is open to to change and new and different, um, they wouldn't be disappointed if you went out and used them for fur bears of every kind. I use them even even for muskrats and stuff. You know, the little six by six squirrel trap. I them in a den and you, and you knock them out and I've got a fellow that's got I know it might have been mentioned in this uh mink set I'd like to make a a mink set out of uh the cage traps a floating mink set and and have it work under any condition i know um it's just it's just right for the picket and just got to get out there and do it you know I haven't had the time, but one day maybe we will well
0: we go back to the rut you know the rut trappers and just like I said it was eighty eight eighty nine when I gave that talk the trapping yep. in a rut. Everybody thought I was talking about setting a cage or a foot trap down in the ground, um, in, a, in a dead furrow, and and when they heard me talking about guys just doing what they feel comfortable with and never expanding out, you know, um, Jersey, we when we lost the foot trap, we never gave the the, the cage trap a uh, never never gave it. I mean, I used the cage oh, trap in no, my I... ADC work from yep. '79, and it was it was ironic, but. You know, I never used a cage trap out in my fur trap, and it was only my ADC work. And and here we lost the the the, the foot trap. We had to go to snares, right? And in, and it's eighty seven and eighty eight. I'm scratching my head, thinking, well, if I'm catching all these coon in ADC work, why aren't I catching coon out in fur? And right. you just just had to just had to put your head together and make it happen. And and uh, uh, you know like you said, just, just make it, just get out of the rut, get out of what you feel comfortable with. Um, you know, we talked the other day, a good trapper, a good ADC person will do what they need to do when they see they need to do it. But the real good trapper or ADC person is going to do what they need to do before they see they need to do it. Oh, sure. And, and, and you're, and you're, you're hitting the nail on the head, you know, it's, and then, and again, with the, bait lists. there's places there's places for bait and there's places for for no bait and and the guy who's going to have an open mind and and look for both of those spots are going to be ahead of the game compared to the guy that's using only one or the other well
1: and, uh, uh the the cage trappers in California are all bait trappers yeah they're they're yeah. i'd say probably ninety eight ninety nine percent of the cats are taken um not in trail sets or or you know anything like that um they they catch them in, with baits. And and I mentioned, and it's funny, you, you mentioned that too, um, as far as what's conducive to setting, there's some terrain that just lends itself to uh, cage traps and, and, and are, um, well, basically trail sets, blind sets, you know, things like that where if it's kind of open the way it's set up, it's just not good. And a lot of the territory, I was talking to a fellow one day about the cats out there, And he said, the washes are wide open, and if you just put a cage in it, they're just going to go around it pretty much. And I said, well, I I know exactly what he's talking about because in some of that area there's very little vegetation and stuff. And and so in those situations, putting in, you know, your baits and lures is definitely the way to go. And, you know, you might be able to, uh, you can't force it, but you might be able to walk down a wash and find a spot that's just absolutely, you know, buttoned right up, super tight. And there's just no reason they could or would go around it. So you you drop a double door in there and you got them. But um, you, you can't force it either way. You know, it's it just. Well, and and, and you but but also the territory
0: can lend itself to both. For example, I've got a spot that that there's the perfect spot for that double door trap for the for, for the uh, for the trail set. Okay, yep. and then downstream another thirty yards is a wide open sandbar. And, and every coon and and its cousin goes to this wide open sandbar. So you place two cages with bait there. You put your cage up there on that other spot where, where it's the, uh, the trail set. And, you know, you come back and you, out of three cages, you got three raccoons. Um, you know, and that's, that's where the mindset works. Um, you know, never, never giving into totally one, but always understanding both. And, 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 um, you know, that's why I wanted the guys to hear this show tonight. I wanted them to to think about it because the average trapper
1: is is stuck in, in a rut. Well, you know, it's funny now. Um, um, now, you're down in New Jersey, and um, there's places down there I know that are conducive to, you know, where there's uh, cricks that are pretty good size, and there's crossing logs. Mm-hmm. And of course, you, you couldn't, you can't set the two twenties on them anymore. But I know there's guys that do some snaring and stuff. And I'm wondering if you could uh, set a, a, a tall cage trap on a, on a crossing log.
0: Well, I, that's what I was telling you yesterday. What, what, what I've done, it's the same thing as our leaning log or, our, or dead, or you know, or the trees that will fall over in the heavy storms, and you'll have a, you'll have a vertical. You know, we call them a, a dead tree or a leaning tree. And it might be on a 20 or a 30 degree angle up, you know, and, and, uh, a lot of times we can, we'll take a cage and I have, I've done this quite a bit for, for all kinds of animals, but you can take that cage and you can stick it up on that log three, four feet above the ground.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and if, if, you know, we all know that coons run them stupid trees, you know, you go up, you, you go up on that tree, that deadfall there and. And twenty feet up or ten feet up you're gonna find all those coon droppings. You just flop that old double door right on that thing. And and you've got you've he's got to go through the trap to get up to, to do to to do his business at the top of the tree. Yeah. Um especially you get those mulberry trees, uh the same thing. You get you get, you know, where that, that deadfall lays on another tree that it makes it easy access and and um you know, you can set a you can set a snare there or you can set a cage there and you simply Go in with some screws with uh, big washers on them. All right, and, and you just literally screw the trap to the tree. And right. done that many, many times. And, and every ADC guy knows what I'm talking about because we do it all the time. Okay. Vinky mentioned it back on screwing the the trap to the to the uh, fence. All okay. right, if you got a, if you got a coon right on the top of a fence or you or oh, to bomb sure. a fence or whatever, you you screw the thing right to it or attach it. Every ADC man knows this. The fur trapper doesn't because it goes beyond his, his mindset. Yeah. But you have one of the best skunk free sets ever at that point. Because the skunk isn't necessarily most of the time the skunk isn't going to climb up that tree. He's going to stay right
1: on the ground. Um well, and that, that was one of the biggest points with um using uh the you know, the the den sets, you know, the positive sets, is that you don't catch much for non targets, you know. Right, right. You, you know, if you've got a bait out there, you know, a lot of different animals can be interested in it, but if it's a, a woodchuck hole and the woodchucks are going in and out of it regularly, it's probably mostly what you're going to catch as chucks. Not that you couldn't catch something else once in a while, but not as often. Right. That's right. what you don't want to do. Of course, of course. Uh, I guess it it, <laughs> it it depends on a mindset. If a guy's a little bit more on the unscrupulous side, you want to set put all sorts of baits and lures out there and just, just say, yep. That's another fifty bucks. That's another seventy-five bucks. You know, just all the animals you're removing. But I tend to just want to go in, catch what I'm supposed to catch, and get out.
0: Well, in ADC, yeah, get get in there and get out of there, and, and that's what we're mainly doing. But the fur trapper, he's he's having fun and playing there. Hey, listen, we're going on ten o'clock. Got yeah. To shut the show down now. It's been a, it's been a great show. Uh
1: oh, Thank God. you for
0: coming on. Um, I want to thank God for creating this uh, this great place that we can have uh, trapping, hunting, and fishing in. And, and uh, also the sponsors for tonight's show is uh, Comstock Traps, Custom Traps. Also uh, brought to you tonight by Rednecks Pride uh, Game Calls and Outdoor Sense. Um, guys, thank you for, for listening, everybody. Jim, you take it easy. Go to bed, and and I'll if I don't talk to you, which I know I will, talk to you before New York. I'll see you up in New York at the end of uh, March. Okay, bye. thank bye. you for thank for coming on.
1: Yep. Bye bye. Bye bye.